Hello, and welcome to Bard Talk. I'm your host, Josh, as always. And I I, I told you this has been a powerhouse uh, month. Uh, I feel like I went flat, in, in all honesty, like talking to yourself week in and week out. Uh, it takes a lot out of you. You know, I have to come up with topics. I have to research them because I try not to just talk uh, bull crap on here. But um, it's so much easier to do with people. And this month has been amazing. If you haven't gone back and listened to The Incredible Life of Liz Part 1, please do so. I know I teased that I'd be doing her Part 2 uh, this this coming week or, you know, for this podcast, but I actually think I might break it up, uh, just for, for levity's sake, but I have probably one of my favorite guests, one of my favorite people in this world, um, Steph, you are a piece of my heart puzzle, you Aww. always will be, <laughs> so everybody, Steph is back. Hi guys. Um, you know, last year we, we had done uh, a couple podcasts together season one if you haven't listened to those go back please they're amazing um we talked about Steph's life her experiences living with a bunch of 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 things that like I don't think average people have to deal with and and this uh this week of course we're gonna get we're gonna get into it but but first of all how are you doing um I'm doing okay I guess. That post-corona um, world, like, how are you doing? How did the lockdown affect you? It's it's interesting, because I, I think um, because of, of my background, I, I get so used to chaos, or I've gotten so used to chaos, and also, like, I, t- I often tell people I have a PhD in compartmentalization. <laughs> Word. <laughs> um, so, uh even when things are affecting me um, on a surface level, it's like they're not. Mm. And it's not until these like small moments where it just kind of hits you just how different things are and um, how much you miss certain things. Even small things. Like I, you know, I didn't for the longest time think of how long it had been since I had been in a movie theater. Yeah. Um, the, you know, and I... I think we didn't go to the movies often, so it, I was used to it, like those things being spread very far apart, um, and it, I think there, there were movies that are coming out that I really wanted to see, and I was like, wow, yeah, you know what, like, I really want to see that in the theater. Um, so yeah, it, it's, I don't know, and that's, it seems like such a small, like, trivial thing. Um, I, I find that people it's both surprise and sort of frighten me in, in, you know, in situations like this. Um, sometimes they surprise you in really pleasant ways. And then sometimes, you know, you see just how much stress it has caused just everyone and how, you know, they function in that stress, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and how they interact with other people. Um, and it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just bizarre. I, I don't, it's, it's, it's weird because I don't think that even now it has fully hit me, like all of the effects that, it, that it's had. I, I, I think as things progress more and things go back to normal, I'm doing air quotes that you can't see, um, <laughs> but as things go back to normal, I think is when it, it, I'm probably going to get smacked in the face with just how, how much 
Well, and it was so much, it was ebbs and flows. Yeah. You know, like, we got locked down real hard in March, and that carried on through April, and then that carried on through June, and then it was, like, kind of July, we got a little respite, and it kind of, it really felt like things were going to open up then, and then it just went into chaos. It, like, what, October, I think, was really just, it, it was insanity, and, um... You know the the falls when my life got flipped, turned upside down, and and I went through an incredible change. Um, one that I think like like most people, you you come out on the better side of when you're done. Like it's really scary, it's tumultuous when you hit that patch of white water, but then you come out on the other side and you're like, oh, I'm actually really better off now. But it it hasn't so like the world has opened up for sure you know like going to movie theaters is the thing now like i go i can go into the grocery store without a mask on i can do so much stuff um i was one of the very first people vaccinated in the county like we because of the, the network i work for like we they they asked us right away like get the shot and i was like yeah sure uh, i'm fine with that um but like i didn't get the benefits of that until now and what is kind of scary about that whole thing is like a lot of people are just getting their shots now so they got all this immunity and like when you really listen to all of the literature out there with an open mind you kind of come back to this whole well we think you're good yeah like (laughs) we're gonna start testing for antibodies like i already got notice that like i have to go in and get tested to see if i still carry the antibodies for it because they don't they don't know you know this was this was, and I will stress, the, the vaccine was not rushed in the sense that it didn't have the same steps it had to go through for approval. Like, all vaccines have a series of steps they have to go. It's just that it had so much money behind it. And when you have so much money, it buys you so many more lab hours and so much more exposure. And, you know, if they wanted to come out with a vaccine tomorrow for... I don't, I don't know, like hay fever, it wouldn't have the backing. They wouldn't be able right. to offer 10,000 people $4,000 to try the vaccine like they did with the, the COVID-19. So I, I'm not worried on that end. I think that's good. It's just, you know, like now we're, now I'm into the waters of the unknown. And while on the outside, it's, it's kind of for me looking normal-ish, when I go to work, I'm still under those uh, those lockdown guidelines, so it's like I live in this limbo where, you know, when I go to work, I'm, I'm right back, like, corona is hot and heavy, and then I kind of come out and transition, so it's been screwing with me, too. Yeah, I mean, and that's uh, that's the weird thing, because we are still wearing masks at work as well. Really? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where, like, I, I, you know, it... it it's like I, I almost don't even bother taking them off when I'm going into public other places. Cause I'm, Same thing. I'm just so used to it that I'm like, oh, I guess I'll still wear my mask. And I still see, see some other people wearing masks, too. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, well, for now, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll be in this, you know, this little section. Of <laughs> yeah. I No, listen, there's a lot of times, especially at work. I'll walk into, like, a gas station or whatever, and I'll have my mask on because I have to wear it all the time, so I just don't take it off. 
And then, like, you know, my partner will come walking in next to me. What are you wearing those stupid face diaper for? Like, <laughs> I don't know, because I just, I, 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 I'm not, I like change. I like explosive change. But I think everybody finds comfort in habitual. Yeah. You know? So, like, if you can get your mind into the mode, like, okay, when I put this uniform on, this is how I conduct myself. And it, it is hard to flop back and forth with that, you know, transition and change. And and I still, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you the last, t- last time I had a, uh, a live patient with it. But, you know, I saw the after effects. I saw so many people die from it. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. And then for a long time, it was like I went to work and I didn't see anybody. Like, I, I couldn't in good conscience. I mean, I came, I had a ritual. I would come home. And I would shower, and like I would, I would take my clothes off, and they would go and get washed right away. Or I would, I, you know, I tried very hard when I was at work to to wear PPE that really kept me from any type of droplet contact. Um, and and that, you know, I think it worked. I don't know of anybody that I got sick, but you didn't, you know, you just never knew. And it was weird. And you're right, like. The amount of things, I think one of the things we did, didn't we? we went to a drive-in, um, the Mahoning drive-in, to go see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> which was, was that like fall, right? I think so, yeah. Because it was cooler, I think. And that was like one of the last things that we did before the winter lockdown, like, like I want to say after Halloween, we, it was the worst it ever was. Yeah. It was worse than in the spring. Yeah, and, and that's the, because the, the drive-in was like, I mean, th- that's why they got so big, um, because th- th- those were one of the places that you could go and, like, go see a movie and, like, sort mm-hmm. of still congregate in a sense, because, like, you're, like, in your car, you know, and people are, are separated, you know, but you're still kind of ex- having an experience together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because drive-ins, like, were a dying breed. And I think now, like, you know, there were ones that were surviving because they had a, a good, a great knit, niche. And, and the one that we went to was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, like, there's this huge resurgence now because all these people have realized, wait, like, this is a really fun, awesome thing to go do that I didn't realize until COVID. Um, so it's, I mean, it's interesting that, you know, COVID screwed over a lot of things, but then also made other things flourish, Mm -hmm. uh, that were kind of dying out before. Um, we really, we had to figure out such different ways to, um, to really survive and, and, and function. Um, and one of the things that I think I noticed was like the people in my life that um, valued my time, like even the the people I, I might not see them very often or contact them very often, like or like have like conversations with them very often. There were people that I noticed, like hey, like these people, you know, I mean something to these people who are here because you know we might not talk for a couple of weeks, but 
you know, there's always that point where we kind of check in on each other and, and we, you know, try to spend time with each other when we can, you know, and then there were some other people in my life where it was just like, I was noticing, you know, okay, like, like, I'm not really getting invited to things like, right. you know, that I, I, I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you invite me to that? Like, because <laughs> it's the same, it's because it, it's interesting because it would be like, oh, like, you know, I miss you and we want to do all this stuff with you. But then they would do things and then not invite me. And I was like, okay, like it sort of just taught me like, all right, these are sort of casual friends I have over here. And these are the ones that like are really solid. So, I apologize for anybody under the age of, I don't know, we'll say 20, maybe even 25, to be honest. I don't know. The time concept has really screwed me over. But it, it, but it is kind of funny. Uh, like, we went into a survival mode, and all of a sudden, MySpace rules. And that's what I mean about being 20. <laughs> like, remember on MySpace, you might have 300 friends, uh-huh. or whatever they were called on MySpace. But then you had, like, your top was it five or top eight and like those were the people featured on your home page like people didn't have to search them out these are the people that you interact with the most so we go into covid survival mode and we kind of had top eights like yeah (laughs) you had because i had the same thing i had people who like i would reach out and and just check in on them and I wouldn't even get a response back. It was like, okay, ah, you're surviving. You're you're doing what you need to do. And I don't have those kind of feelers where I like. I, I, my social media presence is uh, more like the sun. I give off light and energy, but mm-hmm. I don't really absorb any. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't. I pay almost no attention to what anybody else is doing. Um, but I, I I I get that. Like I feel. I I actually feel like in our ingenuity to survive this kind of thing there were things that happened that i really liked like six feet apart man i'm a social butterfly but tell me that wasn't fucking awesome yeah. looking at the person and being like ah you don't have to stand on top of me yeah. at the atm like exactly i like that could we keep that like aspect um especially you know and it's stupid but like at the grocery store nothing bothers me more than somebody breathing down my throat well, I'm trying to pay for my groceries. And, like, I didn't set up that stupid pin system where you have to, like, put your card in, leave it there for a half hour, <laughs> come back, say, yeah, I actually do want to buy these things. And then it's like, okay, well, so you want to buy these things. Do you want to round up for a charity? No, I don't want to do that. And then, like, oh, okay, well, then put in your pin. Uh, oh, do you want any cash back? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I Remember when you used to slide your card and then sign the receipt and walk away? Yeah. It was... God. Not to mention, like, you know, if you don't put things in the bags just so, it's like, are you using your own bags? Yeah. Like, have you actually put what you were just scanned into the bag? Like... I, and and I know, I know, I because I would be one of those bastards that sit up there behind the mirrored glass on the second floor of the office, because they give you like what three bag slots. Uh-huh. You sh- you pull up with a whole trolley full of food, and there's three bag slots with weight sensors t- for you to put your shit in, and there's like two cashiers with fifty old people by. So you know you try to let the old people do it because they're dumb, and then. Um, you're fighting with this thing. It's like, place the item in the bag. Well, there's no room. Yeah. Like, what do you want from me? 
I, I, I always sit up there and laugh at people, too. I'd be like, <laughs> look at that guy struggle. You have to get really creative. Like, you do. I, it's, yeah. And, 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 I mean, sometimes I, I it just sort of depends. Because I, I, you know, I try not to, like... I, always, I have that thing in the back of my head where I'm, like, taking someone's job if I keep using, like, the automatic, you know, the self-checkout. But then at the same time, just, like, I would rather bag... I don't know. I would just rather do it all myself. Yeah. Like... Because you develop methods, right? Yeah. Like, all your frozen stuff goes together. All your cold stuff goes together. Yeah. All your fruits and vegetables. Ah, listen. For anybody with... And I hate it when people are like, well, I have OCD. No. You don't. And if you did, like, you wouldn't be making fun of it. It's just, you like, you like patterns. I think we, we love patterns. We love tribalism. We love being a part of a tribe. So you, I like your, your stuff bagged a certain way. So when you get home, like, you know, these bags are going in the freezer. These bags are going in the fridge. Exactly. Like, it just makes, I'm putting it away. And I'm not making fun of anybody who's works at a grocery store. Um, you're you're taught to go speed, and you're getting whatever's on the belt in front of you into a bag, and you're you're trying to be conscientious, but yeah, I think I just I sometimes I don't like being at the mercy of like whoever I happen to get that time, and it's always somebody different. Um, so some at one point I might have someone who's super efficient, you know, and polite, and you know does their thing, and then I get out of there. Or I might have somebody who wants to ask me about every facet of my life, and then tell me about you know the comic con they went to, or like the pie plates that they got because I also just bought a pie plate. So now they have to tell me about how they got the whole set and how they clean them and how they keep them stored. And like, no, I just I want to do my groceries and get home. Yeah, I'm like, here for a purpose. Yeah, I. uh not to launch into a whole story, <laughs> but so um, I had a, a tarantula um, that matured out to a male. And and not to bog down in backstory, but tarantulas are really weird. Um, females live, of uh, many species, females live five to ten times longer than the males because when the males reach their penultimate molt, they develop all of the things they need to mate. And then they're hardwired to just want to do that to the point where they stop eating um, and they'll just like they're running loops around their cage. They'll walk for miles to find a mate like that's how they're wired. And a lot of them die in the process. It's part of the arachnid world. But so I had one that matured out to a male. I have no interest in breeding tarantulas, although I do have a pair in the back room that I think because of the rarity of it, I feel forced into it. Um, which I may attempt. Um, I haven't really worked out the details of it, but long story short, I found somebody who wanted to take him. I was just going to give it away and she's going to attempt a pairing and, and then he'll have fulfilled his purpose. And I lost a lot of money, but I feel good about that. So I went to the FedEx store and I'm walking in and I have a little box and it's got live animal and it's got its, uh, shipping papers. So you have to declare what it is out on, on the side of the box. And this guy's walking out, and he has live animal boxes. And he's like, you ship you ship animals? What kind of snakes? I was like, nah, it's a tarantula. He's like, oh, let me tell you about these carpet pythons. And he launches into this, like, 20-minute discussion about, you know, how he's just getting into breeding carpet pythons and blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't like teas. And I'm just like, that's cool. Like, they're not for everybody. He's like... So how do you make money off of them? I was like, well, I don't. I just have them for fun. He's like, 
oh, that's dumb, bro. You got to learn to make money. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm not really interested in that. He's like, I'm making $800 a snake. I'm, I'm making bank every month. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. And he's like, yeah, where you buy them at? Because I can get you better deals on them. I was like, no, nah, I, I, I have like all the resources I need. And I have all the teas that I want. I'm not really hunting any of them anymore. And he's like, well, what do you keep? And then so I told him. And like a half hour goes by, and I'm like, hey, I gotta run in and get this spider. So I, I go and ship it to, to her, and I come back out, and he's still there. And he <laughs> wants to go into another conversation. And like, I'm like, dude, I don't, I had a mission. <laughs> I have stuff to do today. Like, you're a cool guy, and like, we exchanged information, but like, I don't wanna make money off of this i keep them for my enjoyment which he could not get through his head like he he's a rack system breeder so everything that he gets in has a purpose and like that's fine i'm not knocking the hustle i'm just like oh I, there are things of covid that i like and you know i know we love tribalism we like to identify ourselves as introverts extra extroverts and every test i've ever taken puts me like entfpj whatever but <laughs> I still have moments where I enjoyed being able to give reason an excuse. Like, give people an excuse. I, I can't hang out. Sorry, COVID. Like, yeah. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hang out with certain people. There are people that, like, I literally, like, got emotional about that I couldn't see. Like, you and... And some of my other friends, like, you know, I, I can't, I can't in good conscience see them right now. But there were a lot of people I was just like, thank God I have a reason not to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I don't know, I don't know. Like, I feel like it, it definitely, that was a, it was a great excuse for when you just didn't want to deal with certain people um you know and i think there were a few times where i think there was one, like one person in particular and i think this was after it like it was like okay to hang out if you were socially distant like mm -hmm. i think but it was still one of those things where um i was always worried it was like, it was like i really liked hanging out with this person like to an extreme degree but i was just like on the other hand, I was like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I really hope I'm not doing her a disservice by like <laughs> hanging out with her, because like, you know, and, and I think she actually she ended up getting COVID, and then I'm just like, well, I really hope I didn't give it to you somehow. Like, I, right, I'm like, right. I'm like I'm hanging out with you. Like, I hope that you know, I hope it wasn't me. I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but you know what I mean? It's like, oh, like, especially when you're so starved, like someone like me i'm i'm a very very social person and we're right. like starved for that and you oh, yeah. find like a like a set select few people that you love hanging out with and then you can't hang out with them like so like when you do you're just kind of like it's like i really need this but ugh. <laughs> how i mean i think you're a lot like me like there are moments like we just want to be in a rave we yeah. want to be in the middle of energy. It doesn't care who it. it I don't care who it is. I want glow sticks, ecstasy, house music. <laughs> like, I, yes. I, I need that. I need yes. that. Goddamn girl, let's dance. Like, yeah. but then I think this all 
taught me that I also need moments to just sit at a creek mm-hmm. by myself and and learn to enjoy my own company. Absolutely. I, I, I can't tell you how many times, like, I would get off of work, especially, and I wouldn't go right home. I would, like, I have a loop now that I do, and I would just, like, ratchet the music, like, way up, mm-hmm. and I would just drive this loop over and over, like, five or six times before I would go home, um, because I, it's like, I didn't necessarily want to be amongst other people, but I, I wanted l- loud time mm-hmm. to myself, um, and when my wife, you know, she was working from home. And so I had to be like, I had to be very conscious of like the noise that I was making at home. Right. You know, and we worked different shifts and, uh, it just, it created a new challenge. So yeah, I, I just, I got to a point where I'm like, I need to go make noise. <laughs> like I just need to go off by myself and make a bunch of noise. You Yeah. Like, you know, I think for us existing has that duality of, just rompous behavior like i just i got got energy that that's built up in me and i gotta go get it out oh yeah like it's gotta happen how um how so so did you have anybody that you know knew or or whatever die from covid um fortunately no oh Um, okay i no not anyone that i knew personally i mean there were people who were like friends of friends or family of friends like that I didn't know um so it's really the only way that I I experienced it um was in that way um you know I, I think the especially as those people would would pass from COVID um I think it made me conscious that you know there are people in my life that are are high risk um so I, I think once that started to happen I became like much more worried mm-hmm. about it, I think, than I initially was. I think, it, like, it, again, it was one of those things where it was, like, compartmentalized. Like, I didn't really allow myself to think about it. Um, and then I had two people close to me, like, that got COVID. And I think that was that was the closest that I got. Neither of them passed, but I, I you know, they both got sick. And, um... So the idea that they could was very much present for me. What what effect did that have? I mean, obviously, soup. We don't have to talk about this. So if I'm I'm reaching, nobody's owed an iota of your personal life. <laughs> but you had to go through so many changes um, with how you received therapy, how you carried on with you know your issues in a healthy manner how how big and and if you could describe like what did you go through to continue continue to receive treatment and work on the things that you you feel are important um well i i was fortunate to have you know someone that could kind of bring me back down to earth a little bit when it came to like people close to me getting COVID. It's like, you know, they're, they're not in the hospital right now. Like, you know, like sort of like bringing me back with like the facts, like not, um, not, that would be my wife. My wife would be like, okay, you know, I understand that you're worried Mm -hmm. and this is scary. And let's look at the facts that we have right now. 
so you can be worried and scared and not let it like, you know, take you on a ride. Um, and that was extremely helpful because, um, to lose either one of those people out of my life, I, I think, um, you know, and you are amongst, you know, also like the, the small amount of people in my life that oh, would really, so. I'm serious, like would, uh, you know, would really, it would be a very life changing event for me to lose, you know, um, oddly enough, I just, uh, uh, driving around the other day, I was, um, I just remembered that one day that I was having a really, really hard time and you like gave me a hug and I just like started crying like into your shoulder. And like, that is a memory that I will like always have that I will never, ever forget because like, I didn't know that I needed that in that moment, but I fucking needed it. Um, we're both going to cry now. It's good. I know. It's, <laughs> what are you doing to me? I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but as far as therapy is concerned, I... Uh, you know, they had uh, Zoom for the group meetings, um, which was very, very helpful. I was glad to have that. And then um, I did phone uh, phone um, appointments for my one-on-one -on -one therapist, uh, which took a lot of getting used to and still takes some getting used to. Mm -hmm. um, it is not my favorite by any means. Uh, it's really hard to have a therapy session over the phone because when you are not able to like read social cues of like when to speak, you For step sure. on each other constantly. Um, my therapist in particular is one who she likes to allow me to, to talk stuff out, but she also likes to give a lot of feedback, which is fine when you're face to face. Cause you know, like, okay, I'm pretty sure like you're done speaking and now I can respond and, but over the phone, it's, yeah, it's, it can be a mess sometimes. I, I, I think uh, it, it, you don't realize how much body language we read. Mm. But, like, when you're, when you're face-to-face, -face, you know, your peripheral vision picks up people's chests. So you see when they're getting ready to take yeah. a breath. And you know that a breath is a natural pause in the conversation. I can express myself. Exactly. And you don't get that on the phone. You don't, you definitely don't get that on zoom. Zoom yeah. is like, well, yeah, even zoom, even when, when I could see people, um, it was still like, it, it, it was really difficult to kind of like know when I wanted, like I almost, I felt like I had to like raise my hand or something like that because, um, it's just, it's hard to read people even like on a computer screen, like just, mm -hmm. just something like uncanny valley about it yeah like it's just mm, I, don't, I don't know and, it, and it, it's weird too because um like one of my close friends is, is was also in like group meetings with me and um I, I felt like we were like sort of the wonder twins of the group <laughs> um and you know even like I just I felt like we were both really really trying to apply as much of the the skills that we were learning in group and we were just trying to like give as much as we could um you know which was great because like there were days when like you know some of the other members you know were just like like not having it you know what i mean but there was at least the two of us was she 
you know, got a new job, which I'm super proud of her for, and I'm very, very happy for her, but it meant that she couldn't come to group anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a hard time. That's one of the things I have struggled with. I'm, I'm having a hard time continuing with group now because it's like, I feel like now I'm the only one there that's giving that energy, and it's just, it takes a lot out of me because I don't have that other person to bounce off of. Right. <laughs> no, I, I get that. I I, I think sometimes energies click. I think it's why it's so important to be with somebody. We're not solitary creatures. I, I wouldn't say we're herd animals, but thanks, darling. Mm-hmm. We 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 need that. And I don't I don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt what causes the connection. I feel like we do seriously put physical energy into a room. And some people pick up on that, and some people are energized and encouraged, and some people have a negative response to that, but isn't he so adorable? You make so much noise on the podcast, but you're so adorable. <laughs> um, we, you need that. Um, I, know, I can't tell you, like, I, I've always been a ridiculously over-affectionate kind of guy. I mean, even when I worked with you still, I'd walk into the comm center and just hug the most random people and be like, what's going on? And <laughs> sit on people's laps. Yeah. Super inappropriate at work, I will say. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I felt it. Like, you know, the cutoff of energy. And maybe as much as you didn't know you needed that hug, I needed that hug really bad. I mean, I, I've, I've missed you like crazy. Yeah, and I'm, like... It's so, it's, because I, I would, oh my, I can't tell you how many times I would be like, you know, like, I need to text Josh, I need to text Josh, like, because I, it's, I don't know, we, I, especially, like, it, it's so weird that in this time, we end up super conscious of the people that we haven't spoken to, and we were not conscious of it, because, mm-hmm we get so inundated with just everything that's going on and like we're just busy in a different way Mm -hmm. um almost even more busy than we were before um but just not so much in a social way now we're like busy mentally and we're like busy trying to figure out how to work and how to do this and and that and um so then there'll just be those moments where I'll be like, I need to text him. And then right before I was about to text you, you called me. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is good. This works out. <laughs> yeah, the universe is funny like that. <laughs> sometimes it's just like, well, they're missing each other. So, Well, I have to say, too, I miss your, like, off-the-wall sense of humor at work so, <laughs> so much. Like, just the, the stuff that would come out of your mouth um, was just... To the point, I, I just I was writing a, a, a chapter of the book that I'm forever working on. I don't know how long it'll take me to finish it. Girl, but, same. Girl, same. <laughs> but I actually wrote you <laughs> into my story. <laughs> I'm honored. <laughs> well, because I I wanted to uh, include more uh, work um, banter in to the story um, and. I wanted uh, a person who um, was a very lovable character and also could provide some really like off the wall comic relief as well. Um, and I was just like, I need to, I need to write Josh in. Um, and I just, 
I'll have to send you the, the bit that I wrote so far because it's it's super, super funny. I gotta read it. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I used to just walk in and be like, pork snorkel for no reason. <laughs> like, and then sit there and giggle myself about it forever. Because <laughs> I'm dumb like that. It's what I do. I still do that at work. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I think I've been going through changes, but I still find no reason to just bring a foul mood like like i don't know i i i have i so i work with a partner where physically we're in the same vehicle we're 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 treating patients i i don't know what i want to call what he does treating but like (laughs) i i am having harder days because i'm compensating for for one person so I'm trying to maintain this level of excellency that I have set for myself, which I, I try hard not to hold anybody else to that standard. But, you know, the second I'm away from that situation, like I do overtime or I get moved on the schedule or like, I, it sucks. One of the things about my new job is like, I don't have a stability where I know I'm going here for work and this is where I'm going to be at for the next umpteen hours. Like, I get sent down to Brandywine, or I get sent out to Coomer, or I, and I don't know if I'm going to be on a 911 truck that day, if I'm going to be doing inter-facility transports, I don't know if I'm going to be on an ambulance, or a site car, or a helicopter, like, I don't know, I, they just, wherever the need is, is where I go, and it's great, because I like that, I like that, that spontaneous, oh, I don't know what I'm doing today, it's fun, but it, it, it's worn on me, um, in some aspects and I think I don't know I'm just going through I think my head's going through big changes things that maybe because of this podcast that like I put into words now that never bothered me before all of a sudden are ripping me apart and like I I have been trying so I I now have a dentist because I have health insurance um and I have a primary, as of next month, I'll have a primary care physician, which I haven't had since I had a pediatrician. Um, and, and my next big step is to incorporate a therapist and have a night where I go and I talk with somebody because I'm starting to think that like there's more wrong than just like surface stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have, so I have accumulated a lot of friends, um, friends with, BPD, friends with DID, friends with, um, you know, bipolar and depression, and I don't know what the name of what I feel is, I just know that I, I don't know, something's wrong, so I gotta deal with it, you know, I just, I'm baby steps, um, one of the things that I know is a reason something's wrong, is, and it's never happened before, is I'll wake up and I'll be like in my head, okay, I need to sweep and mop the kitchen. I need to do the dishes. I have to feed and water 22 tarantulas. I have to, you know, like, I have this list in my head. And I'll come out and i get coffee. And then like an hour will go by. And I'll realize, like, I feel so intimidated by the amount of things I have to do, so overwhelmed that I'm paralyzed to do anything. Like, I'll start to do something and never happened before in my life, but I'll, like, recoil from it. Like, before it was just nose down to the grind, get it all done, move on with your day. 
and now all of a sudden like it's overwhelming and I don't know why it's overwhelming I don't know what what changed I don't know what chemicals not firing in my brain to tell me like dummy get off your ass and go do this and get it over with yeah I mean I I know that there are, are a few you know things that can cause that um, ADD is one of them um, because that's commonly one of my problems is like there's a list and I think about the list in my head and then my brain says no fuck it because like it's just that overwhelming that you just um and then you just you go and you zombify somewhere um to not think about it um there could be other reasons why that's happening like you know I'm not going to diagnose you and say (laughs) you have ADD um but that is one of the things that it could be um depression um is another I mean even just a sense of mental exhaustion like your brain could have been fine with doing this, these things, like, but eventually, you know, especially if there is an underlying, you know, mental illness, if there's underlying trauma, if you've, like, gone about your, if you have survived this long doing things this way, it may work for you for a period of time, and then eventually it's going to stop working. Um, I have to say I'm super, super proud of you for, like, taking the steps that you have, like, as someone who also finds it hard to adult and to like do the self-care thing you know and who's currently also trying to do the self-care thing like i know how hard it is i was also right before you said you um that you could have a dentist i was just gonna tell you your teeth look amazing (laughs) like i I was like because i just happened to look and i'm like wow they're like really white it looks so good Yeah, I so I I hadn't been to the dentist in probably twenty four years. I'm not proud of this. I'm not I'm not bragging. Um, I I I just I didn't have health insurance. I didn't, you know, it wasn't even only that. I didn't have health insurance and tell somebody in their twenties, hey, these are priorities. Like the I, I the cliche is that you think you're gonna live forever. That's not the cliche. The thing is, we, I grew up in a time where, you know, the world got turned upside down. Everything that my parents had access to was no longer accessible. And it sounds like a cop out to say, well, I didn't have health insurance. I didn't have health insurance for the majority of that. I definitely went longer than a decade without any type of health insurance. So, um,. Yeah, like, you know, getting that, um, I'm, I'm happy to report my, my routine works because I didn't have any cavities. (laughs) So 35 years strong, never had a cavity in my life. must have a good routine. Yeah. Good for you, man. Um, but you know, like the doctor thing, like, uh, medic school, they want your medical records. And I'm like, ain't got none. They're like, well, nothing happened to you. Like, no shit happened i just don't have any records of it because you know like when i broke my hand i just i just let it heal i have a big calcium bump in it now but when i dislocated my hip i went to a massage therapist and she's like hey your right hip's two inches higher than your left we're gonna try something and when it popped back into place screamed um but like i've just been a tank and as much as i've been a tank physically I think mentally, I was in that same place where I was just like invincible. And now it's all of a sudden like, you ever, this is gonna sound stupid, but like 
for no reason, I'll be walking through the store, and I'll just assume that people are annoyed with my presence. I mean, I don't know if I've ever had that happen. Well, no, I lie. Um, I get that. I don't think it's stupid. Um, <laughs> one of the things about people with BPD, we read um, body language and we read uh, tone of, like, tones of voice and like faces. Uh, in an extreme way, in a very emotional way. Um, and we personalize those things a yes. lot. Um, For no reason, too. Yeah, it, and it, it's... So, and to add to that, um, being an out queer person, as long as I have, I have grown used to being hypervigilant of the people around me and how they're reacting to me. So like, I'm almost on the lookout without even realizing it sometime for someone who's judging me mm -hmm. for how I look. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, have been in places where I've felt very uncomfortable because I feel like I'm getting certain, you know, looks from people. Um, you know, the, as far as like, people being annoyed by my presence like that happens more often with people that um i'm closer to like people that i know mm. um i have i misread my wife i have a, i'm capable of misreading my wife i should say that very often um i have to be mindful of a lot of things when it comes to her because um she could have a million reasons why she's upset at something, why she's quiet, why she's making a certain face. None of them can have to do with me. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not careful, my automatic assumption is going to be like, oh, I've done something. Um, you know, oh, she's mad at me. Um, you know, and, and, and it will feel like my world is coming to an end because of it. <laughs> it's very intense. So, I mean, that does make sense. It, that, I don't find that stupid at all. I've, I've gotten to the point with, with friends, uh, especially, like, people that I've grown really close to, where it's just, like, exactly what you said. They'll respond to something, and probably innocuously, probably with no malice intent, probably, like you said... There's a everybody's dealing with a million things, and I'll just like read it really weird, like, oh, I'm bothering you, I'm sorry, or like, oh, I what I'm, you know, and then I'll just stop talking to them, and they'll be like, where'd you go? And I was like, well, I thought it was annoying you, so I left, and they're like, N no, I was texting my mom about something, like you know, and I'm like, what? Okay, why am I feeling this way? Like, why all of a sudden do I feel like I'm a burden on people? Why, and why, or maybe I've always felt that way and I've masked it with humor or I've tried to be a people pleaser or I've done all these other things to try to make people like me. Now, why am I doing that? And then all of a sudden, like, why am I feeling fatigued from this? Why, it's like I had built this entire city of Joshtopia that I had in my head convinced myself was a great place to live. And and now all of a sudden it's like, well, 
it, it's the borders are shaky the the buildings don't look quite as squared up like i don't know what's wrong i just know something is wrong yeah and i well, i think i think josh topia can be a pretty good place to live i just i think it might need some inspections Oh, and damn. some renovations. <laughs> I, I, because I think you, like who Josh is, like at your core, is amazing. So I don't think like flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> well, I don't think the heart of Josh Topia needs to change. I just think there might, you know, be some things that might need to be looked at closer. And like, you know, you might find that the way that you were surviving. In Joshtopia, well, that's surviving. And if it's not working for you anymore, now it might be time to figure out how to stop surviving and start living in Joshtopia. And it sounds corny as shit, but it's completely accurate. It doesn't sound corny. It's just like, I think you obscure things enough that you think you are living. Mm -hmm. or, or worse yet, I think sometimes I feel like I projected to other people like I was living. Like I was living to my fullest and I wasn't. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And maybe it's just because of all of the change that happened to me. You know, the entire way that I've lived up until, up until 2020 was, excuse me, X. And then that changed. And then the the job that I had for 15 years changed. And, like, then the way I lived changed. Now I'm buying a house. And, like, the way I, I think about things with this domicile changed. And so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I can say in the, like, 50 minutes we've been talking, I miss you so much. <laughs> like, I'm constantly on the edge of tears because talking with you and 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 you being like my little virgo mental health mommy <laughs> like i missed you so much oh and i missed you i mean that's the thing i i like as i'm sitting here talking to you like i realize how like just how much you know i do miss this in my life like i feel like I know you are a super busy person. I'm a busy person, but I feel like it would like be good for both of us. I almost said behoove because I love that word. <laughs> it's a great word. Um, <laughs> but I think it would be great for both of us to like try to schedule something. I, like we have even if to. it's one a, once a month, like cuz I don't know. I feel like we just need each other, man. Like <laughs> I, I do. I do need you. I need you. You you have so many life experiences that tragic and I 100% wish they never happened to you but because of them you have an outlook on this world that teaches people you are a person that you mm -hmm. I can absorb so much energy from and learn so much with and just being able to converse with you the way I can I don't open up to people in this arena at all but with you there's such a level of comfort like i don't i don't have to put up a shield i don't have to guard what i say i we were supposed to talk about something completely different yeah, on this podcast just... and we have not this is just you and i uh like like reuniting and and i'm okay with it because i think 
people need to hear this. They need to know what it's like to, to, to have people in your life that you love, and I will use that word openly, love so much in, in a way that, that, that yeah, I, I couldn't imagine existing without you existing parallel to me in this universe. I mean, thank you. <laughs> I, ultimately, like, that's the kind of friendship that I want. Like, I want friendships where, like, we don't have to mask, you know? And I, I, I think coming from, from a place where I remember what it was like to mask all the time, like, and to be, like, you know, that person that really did look like, I remember what it was like. I, it looked like I was, I was living my life to the fullest, like, and my life was all over the place. Like, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't hold a job. You know, like, my marriage was, you know, at constant risk, like, mostly because I couldn't hold down a job, and I, I, like, there was no stability there. Like, you know, that's a situation where, like, if one person is just in constant, in a constant state of chaos, like, the other person can't handle that. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, maybe if you're, like, a millionaire CEO and, like, you don't have feelings, like, then maybe, but, like, you know... We're just two regular people, you know, and, and you either try to survive, like, and exist by yourself, or you come together and you meet each other halfway. And sometimes that halfway is, like, 50-50. Sometimes that halfway is, like, 30-70. I'm going to try and do maths now, and that's not my strong point. It's not a maths podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I told that Liz last week. <laughs> You know, sometimes one person, like, picks up the slack, but the, the idea is that both people are capable of picking up the slack. You know, and I just went off on a tangent about relationships there, but... It's okay. Like, I don't want to mask anymore. Like, I don't want to, like, pretend that, like, you know, I am this, like, super fun, like, life of the party person 24-7 because I'm not. Like, I have my own shit, mm -hmm. you know, and talking about my shit makes it less powerful, you know, and to be able to share and, and to know that like you feel that comfort level, like that means a lot to me because, you know, I, I know what it feels like to feel like I have to hide from people. So knowing that like someone else doesn't feel like they have to hide from me, like that's awesome. Like that means I'm doing something right. Um, you know, and it's a level of trust that, like, I, like, I hold that very, like, sacred. That's important to me. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like we could have talked about the other stuff, but this is just more, <laughs> this is more fun. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if, if you're willing to stick around. Oh, yeah. Um, we can, we can do uh, a part two. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I like this. I think this was good. It's intense, a little bit. Yeah, for a, a little. podcast. <laughs> but um, why don't we take a break? Um, and uh, I'll, we'll spit this one out. And, and then we'll come back and we'll do another podcast about the stuff we were going to talk about. Sounds good to me. Because, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I just feel like I'm at a pinnacle. And I've been fighting back tears. And I just want to hug you real quick. <laughs> okay. And, like, <laughs> I don't want to run red line this whole time. Because I don't know... I, I mean, I, I don't I don't go totally off the whims of what I think people want to hear, but 
I want to breathe there real quick. That sounds good to me. All right. So um, thank you so much for everybody who listens. Um, I swear. Uh, so you'll get whatever podcast I fucking feel like giving you. <laughs> and, and in the order, I feel like giving them to you. But we'll come back. We're going to talk about uh, the... I want to talk about Pride Month. I want to talk about... Derek Chauvinon, I want to talk about Juneteenth, and I want to talk about um, the Bill Cosby shitstorm. Um, Absolutely. But but I I guess we needed to reconnect, damn it. We and did. You know what you just said there? I think what makes it really crazy is I haven't seen you really more... I haven't contacted you more than a couple texts, a phone call here and there. And, and it just... You're such a special person to me. I, I mean that, and and then fifty minutes to fall right back into like we never stop talking, and to feel as comfortable as I do, and 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 I hope you feel that same way with me. Oh, and, absolutely! I wouldn't be like sitting here doing what I'm doing. If um, I didn't. Yeah, it's you know we we went through a period of survival where like we had to do what we had to do and learn a new way of life, and maybe that that's the perspective that gives you that whole like. All right, I'm I'm done surviving. Now I want to thrive, and and it's good. Thank you everybody for who listens. Uh, share this. Uh, my website is Bardcast Pod Bardcast yeah, I'll get it out yet, and uh, you know hit me up on my socials, and then um, you know we're just gonna go right into the next one um, after a quick break, and you'll get to hear it when you get to hear it. Bye, everybody.